I'm Jason Davis, and you're listening to Radio BNR. Hello, and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I am your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today we're going to talk about gaming and ministry. And it's amazing that both of those two things can be said in the same sentence, but that really is where our world is going in many ways. And so today we have someone who is very familiar with that, uh, Pastor Jason Davis, who is pastor at Grace Park Baptist Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And uh Jason has been there about 15 years, but uh, has also been involved in the gaming community. So, Jason, welcome in to our Radio BNR. Thank you very much. Well, to to talk about gaming, online gaming, if if people don't really understand what that means, we'll get into that in a little bit. But to talk about gaming and ministry in the same sentence, those two things haven't necessarily gone together that much in the past. First, let's just give us an idea of what we're talking about when we say gaming. Okay. Well, pretty much gaming here is any any video game that people are playing. And one of the big phenomena that started is people watch other people play games. Yeah. And so things like Twitch and Mixer and other places, people will actually go to watch other people play because they're entertaining or they're, they learn tips and tricks. But so now you start seeing kids not just playing video games – but especially they've started watching other people play video games. So that's really where it started for me was trying to figure out, connecting the kids, how do you play this game? So I would watch some of these clips that other people provided. Yeah, when you know when we talk about gaming, of course, all of these uh, game consoles like Xbox, like Xbox One, uh, PlayStation, right. all of these have a component to it where it's not just self-contained and you don't just put a game in or a disc in and play locally, you actually can get online and play globally. Right, right. And so there is this whole online community that's out there that uh, our youth are sitting in their rooms gaming and could literally be playing with someone from Saudi Arabia or from China or somewhere else where where that's really the community that they're in. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for that community and they find it in games. They they start playing with certain people that they get to know. And so relationships are formed. People begin to, to look forward to seeing people online. And so that's where they're finding their, their community. Like you said, the gaming community, that's what they do. Yeah, and so when you talk about this intersecting with ministry, what does that kind of look like? Well, for me, um, I, I'm a pastor first, and I really don't have a lot of time for games right now. I grew up starting with the first Atari and played video games all through college. But then when we planted the church, that, that had to take a back seat. But we are looking to foster a teenager. And so when we have a foster teenager with us, all of a sudden they play video games. And so to connect with them, started playing with them or at least watching them play. And then out of that, right now we're just open to, to fostering. Um, I started looking into ways to connect with our teenagers at our church. I do the disciple group for our high school boys. And so they get the same question from pretty much every adult. It's, you know, uh, how school and then like how is sports or how is band or whatever their activity is. And so those two kind of questions are they become numb to those. And so realizing that actually asking them about the video game they play, all of a sudden they started talking to me like they'd never done before. And I had to learn the terminology. I had to know what a squad meant or what they were doing when they would say these things. And so that was really how I got connected into that was 
looking for ways to connect with our students and potentially a son for myself. Yeah, I don't think people really fully understand how big online gaming is. Uh, so, you, you, I mean, you're 42, so it's not like you know, you're still living in your mom's basement right, or something right. playing video games. I mean, you're married, you've got a family, you, you've got a church, and so you're further down the road. But I don't think most adults really understand how big gaming is globally. Uh, do you have any idea of how you can sort of frame that for well, well, for instance, like Fortnite, which is one of the bigger games right now, they had over 60 million registered players. A new game came out a few weeks ago, and they had 12 million people sign up in the first week. Wow. 12 million people, uh, when you're trying to figure this out, is, is just mind-boggling. When you think about it. That, that many people are interested in one game, and they're, it's, it's a connection point. Like Twitch streams these games. And so you can get on at any point of the day, but especially after school, and you'll start seeing that a couple hundred thousand people are watching one game, a couple hundred thousand are watching another. Sometimes it gets up to 500,000 people are watching the same game. Now, different streamers, yeah. but it's all the same game. So they're finding people to connect with that way as well. So it's like, an, it's like a virtual online spectator sport for all right, these people right. that are watching. So it has an audience. I'm sure it has commercial sponsors that come in. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's like a sporting event. And when you're talking about 60 million people that are registered and a half a half a million people that might be watching an episode of of a game going on, right? That's a significant audience, right? And so they had the first gamer on the cover of ESPN a few months ago. A wow. guy named his name is Tyler Blevins, and so he's been like mentioned in Forbes magazine and other places because he started having several hundred thousand people watching his stream alone. So ESPN now has an esports category. Um, and so for a diehard football you know, fan who are like, that's not a sport, for these kids, that's definitely an area they consider that eSports. And yeah. so they, they look up to someone like him on the cover of ESPN. Yeah, so when, when you're talking about uh, something like that, um, you, know, you had mentioned earlier, you, you know, we're living in a generation of kids who don't necessarily want to grow up to be a pro football player, a pro baseball player, but you mentioned a couple of things that kids now are starting to turn to of, of aspiration of what they want to be in life. What is that? Right. So they asked a couple thousand kids, you know, uh, what would you like to be when you grow up? And over 60% mentioned uh, they wanted to be a video blogger or a YouTuber, which is a term for creating social media content on, on a full-time basis. Yeah. And for the first time, that's actually a reality. People are making a good living playing video games. It's actually hard work to do that for eight hours a day. And that's what you do as your brand. But that's what they look forward to trying to do themselves. Yeah, it's just mind boggling that uh, I, when you say YouTuber, I'm thinking of a guy named Casey Neistat, right, right, who, you know, really barely got out of high school, nearly didn't do college, but he and his brother got into shooting video, taught themselves video, created their own program, sold to HBO for like $6 million. That launched um, a, a whole career, and now he does like video marketing for movies and all kinds of stuff. Has like five million followers on uh, YouTube, and he's monetized that whole thing. So uh, these are things most parents don't really—they don't know. They don't get this. Right, right. And that's where I was at. You know, I'm a parent of teens, and I'm mentoring teens, and I'm going, how do I connect with them? And so when you find what they're interested in, whatever video game it is. And, you know, Fortnite, um, one of the things I liked about it, A, it was free, so I could download it and check yeah. this thing out um, and check out online. But um, it's not as gory as some of the other games when 
someone it's a shoot 'em up kind of game but when you hit someone there's no blood spat or anything and so i felt a little more comfortable okay if i'm playing this at least if i stream it or something like that it's not like i'm showing like gore and violence in that sense so that's where the kids are and so that's what i you know chose to to run with yeah and you had mentioned some research that uh um, really statistically talks about about uh, the kids and where they are just what are some some key points from some of the research that's out there on on it well um you know the first thing is they they want to play the video games and be paid to do it and they see people are making good money doing that you know there's you know people that are making 30,000 a month up to 700,000 a month depending on what they do but there's also not just the gamers there are people that are creating the content for instance and so a lot of kids are finding that's where youtuber comes in they find clips a lot of people get clips of gamers and they make a montage and so that's what they're looking to do is they're learning video production editing sound production all of that and so that they can actually use this as a as a career yeah, and you think about all of these all of these games have a narrative to it that has to be created. So there there are opportunities out there. And so, you know, when your dad yells at you, go get a job, your response to that if you're a teenager these days may be I'm going to go game. Right, right. So, uh, you know, it's really a whole different different world. Uh so we've mentioned Fortnite, which is a game, but there's a lot of folks that we hope will be listening that that might not understand what Twitch is. So define okay. Twitch for us. So Twitch is a streaming platform. So you can, you can actually watch people cook. All kinds of different areas people want to do can be on there. But one of the big things, like I had a friend, he's gotten into pinball. And so they actually have a pinball channel now. And so they actually video the, 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 the heads up the display of the pinball machine as people play pinball. And there's thousands of people watching this. So that's how he connected because he goes to pinball tournaments in Nashville and he wants to see how that game is played. He jumps on. So Twitch is just an area to watch people play games. They usually have a webcam and they interact with the chat. So it's not just a guy in his basement playing a video game. He's talking back and forth. They get to subscribe or follow these people. And so that gives him a connection to that person, kind of like fans. Mm -hmm. And so he's interacting with his fans on on the Twitch uh, chat channel and Amazon saw the need for this so much that they bought Twitch uh, wow. a couple of years ago. So that's when it really became a big deal that Twitch is the legit streaming platform. YouTube has some live gaming uh, mixer on the Xbox, but the number one, when you want to see who's really streaming, they, they tend to run on Twitch. So we're talking billions of dollars being invested in this. Would you say that most parents have a clue uh, as to what this space is with their teenager. Gotcha. I, I think uh, a lot of times when you see a kid playing a video game, their head's down, they're on their phone or they're in their room, it's really hard to really connect with them unless you go into that space and sit and watch them play, see who they're talking to. And uh, for most parents that I've talked to, they, they have no idea. I was at a high school baseball game and they were recognizing the seniors and one of the kids' bio was he enjoys basketball and baseball and getting wins in Fortnite. And all the kids cheered. I laughed. And all the parents just kind of looked around. And the guy reading it, uh, he actually said, I wonder what I'm reading sometimes. And it's like he was one of the parents of one of the teens, but he did not know what Fortnite was. And so that's where you start running into, you want to connect with your kids where they're at. And if they're playing a game, that's a conversation you can have. It gives you a common language when they're talking about things. They use slang. You don't know what they're talking about. It's probably from the video game where they Right now, they stand around and do these funny dance moves from the game. You'll see random kids doing this thing called the floss everywhere. And that's where it comes from. It comes from the game. So, 
Well, and you had, in other part of that story you were talking about was that uh, your mom or the, the young man's mom said he doesn't interact with adults. And you said you felt like you could get him to interact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've run into that a lot because all of a sudden all the teenagers in my church come up to me on Sundays. They want to tell me what's been going on. And the parents look at it like, how did you connect with them? And all I did was I entered into that space and I can understand the language. I don't even fully understand what's going on sometimes because I'm not the greatest gamer, but it allowed me to ask questions about something that they're interested in. So that one kid, I said, yeah, I can ask him a question. He'll talk to me for the next 10 minutes nonstop. And she said, okay, I want to see this. So I asked him a simple question about the game Fortnite, and he literally talked my ear off for the next 20 minutes. And I would just look at her and then look at him, and he would just keep talking. And she'd never seen that. But it's because I understood what he was playing and what he was interested in. Why is it so important for parents to get a handle on on this space? Well, for one thing, it's highly addictive. I mean, if they have their way, they're going to say, I want to be a gamer. And what they think is, I'm going to play video games all the time like I do now, but get paid to do it. And the reality is that's not necessarily going to be a reality for everyone. But for a parent, it's just so important to know what what is you know what is their reason behind the game. Some games are very much about... Uh, some kind of achievement that you you achieve something and so they maybe they're not doing so well in school but they're really good in this game and the people that are in the game with them recognize that so they get that achievement they get recognition they may not get at school Uh, and so being able to talk to them about why they play the game and tell me about the game you know it's as simple as just tell me about Fortnite. what do you like about it and they can tell you and you may not understand everything they say but you keep eye contact you nod appropriately and you try to catch as much as you can so that a conversation can continue. Well, so some of the games like Fortnite and some of the others, you know, they're they're, they're harmless as far as just the emotional damage that can happen to a kid. But not all the games that are out there are, are things that, that parents want their kids involved with. There's, right, there's, right. there's a dangerous element to it too, which I, I imagine is another reason why parents really need to be paying attention. Absolutely, because... You mentioned they can talk to somebody from around the world. Yeah. So what, you know, and I'm very careful. I stream, and so I talk to people, and I go by Pastor JD. So they know I'm a pastor. I let that be known. And so I get questions like, what's a pastor from a kid in North America? And some people might think, surely everybody knows what a pastor is or about Christianity. These kids have never been to church, but they're impressionable. And so if they're a certain age, I don't tend to talk to them about certain conversations that their parents would be uncomfortable with me talking about. I'm on the stream. It's live. It's all being recorded, but I I tend to watch myself, but not everybody's like that. So there is a danger of being in an online world that's wide open. Yeah. But there are controls, age-appropriate controls you can put on there. They can only game with their friends, for instance. And so we have several of the kids. Sometimes they can't game with me because the parental controls, and that's fine with me. That means they're being protected. So Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, you talked about this as a tool that that uh, you're using to connect with the kids in your church and and others, but but there is that other side of it. You're starting to use this as an evangelism opportunity as well. So just talk a little bit about the the opportunity that you have, and then I want to come back and ask you about just why Christians need to be in this space. But okay. but talk a little bit about what you're doing and how you're trying to leverage this platform as an opportunity to spread the gospel in an area where it's obvious that this is where kids are gathering. Right. So I first got into it just simply out of curiosity. But pretty quickly, I'm a pastor. And no matter what I'm doing, even video games, I tend to become a pastor in the sense of answering questions. And so I just put myself out there, changed my username to Pastor JD. 
So people knew I was a pastor from the moment we jumped in, and you can actually play with random strangers. So I will, on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, I actually stream the game, and I do it on Sundays with some of the kids from church or just to have fun or to explain why I do the channel. That's the good time to ask those questions. Tuesdays and Thursdays actually have to mark the language mature because if you're going to go to random strangers, there's no telling what they're going to say as soon as they jump on or what they want to say. And so that's for the adults. I don't let the kids, when you mark it mature, the kids can't jump yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but we have conversations. Like I'll tell people a lot of times, I've stole this from a friend. It's like, uh, you know, I have this really bad habit of praying for people. How can I be praying <laughs> for you today? And one guy was like, from New Zealand, he's like, I'm an atheist. And I said, so what have you got to lose? And so we got to talking, and now we're friends, and a relationship was formed. Um, other people, they're, they're Christians already, and so they're like, this is great to see. I don't see this anywhere else. And just trying to help um, people understand what Christianity is all about. Um, just the other day, uh, we had our first answered prayer uh, in an actual game, but his prayer was that we would win. And that's actually hard to do uh, with random strangers, but we actually won we friended back up, and then the next thing he said was, I just told my friends a pastor's on Fortnite on this stream, so they jumped into my chat. And one of those kids said, I really, I, I believe in Jesus, but I, I don't believe some of the stuff in the Old Testament. So I was able to ask him, what are those things? And it was things like, you have to believe the world is flat. I was like, no, you don't have to believe that. And so we answered those questions, and then we became friends out of that. So using it as an opportunity to redefine those perceptions um, connecting with a kid outside of Texas, for instance, that is not connected to church, and he would like to. So f- trying to find a connection point with a yeah. pastor that would understand this kid, and he would find a place to hear about Jesus on a regular basis. Well, and, you know, it really brings up a great point. I mean, um, it really sounds like we as Christians really need to, especially in this day and age where technology is becoming so prevalent, we need to rethink the way that we go about connecting with people in the world around us. Because it sounds like, you know, it's not just down at the local coffee shop or, or uh, we've got a whole generation that really has migrated online, digital natives that have, this right, is the right. world that they've known. Absolutely. And, and it's almost like an unreached people group to some extent, this online gaming community, would you say? Right. And that's what, talking with Tennessee Baptists, we're finding the gamer generation is the largest group, people group, because it it spans all ages. I run into people in their 50s and 60s playing this game, all the way down to 10 to 12-year-olds and stuff, and even younger sometimes. They're pretty, they call it squeakers when they're that young on the game, but you find all these different age groups, but they found some common ground, and that's what brings them into the community, and that's with anything. Tribes, it's whether it's motorcycles or a book club or something like that, they found some people that they feel they can connect with, and so if we are followers of Christ, if we're connecting with them in an area that we already like, it's just a natural component to share Jesus wherever we can. So we've been able to do that as a result. Well, and the interesting thing, it sounds like it's a since it's a global community, and a large to, to a large extent, it sounds like international missions right, right. through this game. Uh, you don't physically have to go to New Zealand to right. to witness to somebody. Uh, you were able to do it sitting in the comfort of your gaming room. So. Yeah, I'm trying to learn some Spanish because we run into a lot of Spanish speakers, and my Spanish is really rusty. But one of the things you do at the beginning of a game is you say, where are we dropping, boys? And that's somebody will say that usually. But when they're all Spanish, I've gotten Google Translate on my stream, and I'm like, <laughs> donde estamos cayendo, mi chicos? And they just laugh at me. But at least I'm connecting as best I can for this point. But it's a wide world, yeah. and they're all in the game, so why not make use of that? So you've got some things planned. I mean, this you got into this because you wanted to have a way to connect in your own house with, with 
kids that you had in your house. It's expanded to your church. It's expanded uh, to beyond that to other gamers that you're connecting with globally. But you're about to go a step beyond that. Talk a little bit about what it is that you have on the horizon. Well, with Amazon buying Twitch, they created this thing called Twitch Prime. So anybody that has Amazon Prime can actually support a streamer. Once a month, you can support one streamer a month. So that's $5 a month. Well, you already paid Amazon. And so you're basically taking half of what you give Amazon every year. Instead of giving it to Amazon, you can give that to a streamer. So I created a stream that's actually affiliated. So there's uh, about 30 people in our church or people that I know that actually subscribe to this. I don't take a salary from it. We're looking to build a building for families with special needs as one of our callings. So we're going to use that money. Any of the proceeds will go to that. So we're ready to start putting that out there for people to know, hey, this is – this is a stream you can watch to hear interactions about Jesus. You can answer questions in chat. You know, people can jump in and be a part of this community. And so I'm trying to create that space where people can jump in either through content creation or be on the chat um, or even just support it financially because that's always that people can, can see this uh, grow from here. So when you uh, kind of look across the landscape and see that really uh, we as Christians are lagging behind uh, parents in your church and other churches, this is just a disconnect with their kids. Um, it sounds like there's a, a larger ministry opportunity that's uh, associated with with this whole gaming right, thing, like right. what you were just talking about. Where can parents go to begin to understand? Well, really, that's when I jumped in. There, there isn't any information out there, and so basically, we're starting to create that. You know, starting with. Um, my next goal will be to actually do some videos where I talk about how do you talk to your kids about video games or how do you talk to a, a gamer about Jesus, you know, and w- using some clips from the game of when I actually do that because, I mean, it's intense. There's yeah. spiritual warfare going on. You're having conversations with people, and they'll ask things like, who is Jesus? Or, you know, what do you think about certain things? And you've got to be ready to, to answer those things. So that puts me on the spot, and I think a lot of Christians – we're scared of being put on the spot. Yeah. You know, being a pastor, a church planner, very comfortable with talking to people that are, you know, not familiar with Jesus, that might be more of my sweet spot. But I'll tell you right now, it's still intense. Every time I get on, I'm praying because when I get in, there's there might be that divine moment like we had uh, just a few weeks ago where the guy's like, tell me more about Jesus, and we get to actually do that. So, Yeah, and so when you're also thinking about the, the whole idea of, of the gaming and your parents – um, what uh, what can a parent do with their own child? Where do they need to start with their own child? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just the conversation. You know, instead of saying, are you playing that video game again? Because we all get frustrated uh-huh. when our kids are like that. You can start with, I mean, if it's dinner time, it's time to come up. But, you know, looking for a chance to say, hey, tell me about this game you're playing. Um, really trying to invest in our kids. Uh, uh-huh. Carlos Whitaker, the Orange Curriculum, had this great clip a few um months ago, it's called Date Your Child's uh, Hobbies. And so his kid was into Pokemon Go. Well, one Saturday morning, he got up and went and did Pokemon Go. I've never done Pokemon Go. I don't know anything about it. Apparently, he didn't either, but his kid loved spending that time and going for you know a drink or a coffee or something like that afterwards. But it means a lot to the kid that you're showing an interest in what they care about. And that's really what this is about. Whatever, if, if it's not gaming, there's probably something else your kid is interested in and trying to find a way to bridge that gap. Yeah, I think we look at it a lot of times, and we'll say uh, we'll look we'll look at the game as this waste of time. 
right. which right. your kid probably associates with uh, your perception of their value to some right, degree right. because they see the game as something larger and possibly a career opportunity. So it's almost the same as saying you're never going to amount to something when when you just poo-poo what it is that they're doing. So really trying to build that bridge to understand and get, get them to understand. And, and one of the things I gotta imagine that that does is it it gives you an idea of not only connecting, but what it is that their kid is being exposed to. Right, absolutely. Which is obviously you know very important just because of, of the uh, nature of what's out there online. So as as you kind of see like what's on the landscape, what do you feel like there's we as as Christians need to to do next in relation to kind of the whole gaming thing? You know, we've, we've I mean, this is out there. It's a huge space, multi billion dollar space, and we really don't have much presence. What what do you feel like we need to see uh, see is the opportunity we need to see is moving forward? Well, we need to raise up missionaries. You know, that's what I feel called to in this is. I'm going into a space that there's not really anyone. It's an unreached people group, so to speak. I mean, I run into people that would call themselves Christians, but most of the time it's the opposite. And so if you've got a student or somebody that's already in the gaming world, but they are followers of Christ, helping equip them to have conversations with their friends. And, you know, not necessarily talking to strangers all the time like I do, but that does open that door for me. By You know, they know real quickly that I'm a follower of Christ and if they want to, you know, if there's something I can be praying for them about, that usually opens the doors. And so um, for the, for a parent, it's either, you know, helping encourage your kids in the right way or, or monitoring or knowing what's out there or even just being aware that there are kids in North America that have never been to church. They don't know anything. They don't know the difference between Jesus and the Easter Bunny. And so when you're talking to them, it's an awareness. When somebody says, what's a pastor? You know, a lot of people are taken back by that, but it happens on the stream. And so watching the stream, either mine or something else, you know, there's clean streams out there. But that's what we're trying to create now is since there is no community. So maybe that's where we start, and especially on Sundays, answering those questions on the stream, you know, how to get involved in this, ways to, you know, support it. Um, but but the main goal is so that it's not just myself, but others are taking ownership that this is a huge ministry opportunity and, and, and going to those spaces. Yeah, and you know, if we're going to reach the world, we have to go where the world is. I mean, right, that's what right. Jesus did when he went to different places and and infused the gospel into places. And if this is such a, a prominent place that we're moving as a culture and have moved, honestly, I mean, it's not we're there. I mean, especially younger generations are are there. Um, we need to know how to reach that. So. Uh, well, we'll be looking forward to your book or something on right. this and uh, give us some guidance in the future on, on how to reach this. But thanks for taking just a little bit of time to, to dive into this with us. And hopefully uh, you know, we'll come back and revisit this and give yeah. some more handles. Well, if you'd like more information, uh, you can just go to PastorJD.TV. I'm going to be creating uh, content there so people can find out how to get to the stream. Pastor underscore JD is my Twitch stream for those that already know Twitch. But that PastorJD.TV is going to be kind of that introductory. You go to that site, and it will talk them through, you know, what is gaming and all of that. And that's our hope is to create that, you know, community starting with myself, but create that network of people to help make it happen. Yeah, that sounds awesome, and it sounds like we need to check that out. Jason, thanks so much for being part of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. 
This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.